Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ask a Catholic Dude. Name is Nick, and I am that Catholic Dude. You're taking any calls, questions, comments you might have on the Catholic Christian faith. Uh, feel free to call in at any time. Um, doors open to uh, any questions that might be on your mind. Uh, feel free to call in, Catholic or not, Christian or not. Uh, and ask anything that your heart desires, I suppose. And if I can't answer the question, find you somebody that can, direct you somewhere they can. But uh, the main thing is, uh, you know, have some good discussion on here. And uh, we've done that in the past uh, quite a bit. And with Anchor FM's new feature, which allows us to put up episodes that do not disappear after 24 hours, I'm going to hopefully next day or two repost an interview that uh, I did with uh, one evangelical Christian uh, talking about the differences between our uh, you know differences and similarities between our our, our Christian religions him being evangelical uh, myself being a Catholic Christian um, so look look look, uh, look for that soon um, if you guys have not heard that before and uh, today though I just want to wish everybody a happy feast of Saint Elijah or Elias as he's also called. That's right, Saint Elijah. Talking about that that prophet, you know, that one dude who, uh, you know, kind of got swept up to heaven in a fiery chariot, you know, body and soul, kind of like another uh, awesome saint that we all know and love. Our Mother Mary. Um, so yeah, Saint Elijah is uh, feast day is today, and I, I think I mentioned this maybe a, a week or so ago, but uh, Catholics do revere many Old Testament uh, figures. As saints, because remember on uh, on Holy Saturday, uh, you know the day after uh, Jesus died for us on the cross, um, th there is uh, an episode known as the Harrowing of Hell, uh, where where our Lord went into uh, went to hell, um, and you have to keep in mind the gates of heaven weren't open yet, and you know we see a kind of division. Uh, in in the underworld, you know, you see Gehenna, which is basically hell, where you know the unjust go, and then you have Abraham's bosom, where uh, the just waited for Jesus to open the gates of heaven. Uh, so Jesus went there and preached. He preached to the souls there. Uh, that included Adam and Eve and Moses and uh, uh, King David. Um, Judas Maccabeus, everybody, everybody that died before the the, the New Testament occurred, and those people were brought into heaven um, with our Lord on, the, on that same day, and one of them was Elijah the prophet. Um, and so it was really cool today. I was able to celebrate the feast at uh, the local uh, Byzantine Catholic Church, and it, it was it was awesome. Uh, I went last year, and you know it was great great to see kind of a packed church on a Thursday night. Um, it, it, it's really great to be able to receive, you know, our Lord when I can uh, in the Eucharist, you know, on a weeknight. You know, seeing as I work during the day, it's hard to get to daily Mass, so it's, it's great when, you know, evening evening Divine Liturgies are, are available. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a great time to pray, it's a great time to be uh, closer to our Lord in communion. And one of the cool things that the Byzantine Rite does on this feast, and this is because uh, Saint Elijah, Elijah the prophet, is uh, is venerated quite a bit more in the Eastern rites of the Church than we see in uh, the Latin rite of the Catholic Church. Um, and so today, um, we see 
that a special blessing takes place on this feast day. Um, because remember I mentioned, and I'm sure as many of you remember in reading your your uh, your Bibles uh, in the Old Testament, Elijah was taken up to heaven in a fiery chariot. Uh, he was assumed uh, body and soul into heaven, uh, just as uh, Enoch was as well. And this has led Christians since an early, early age uh, to revere Elijah as the uh, patron saint of vehicles um so today everybody got their cars blessed their their bikes the kids were bringing their bikes over after mass got out um everybody getting a, an awesome blessing and it was, it was great to uh to, to be a part of that and since i got my car blessed last year i got my wife's car blessed this year so i'm sure she will appreciate that so yeah we we all got our cars uh blessed after mass um, you know, it was really great to, to, to have that all happen. Um, but beforehand, um, you know, we were, uh, you know, uh, mass was great. It was, like I said, a packed house and, you know, we, there was a visiting parish there from somewhere out of state, uh, you know, a, a different Catholic parish that were, that was visiting. So it was nice to interact with them and everything. Um, but, but one thing I noticed, you know, during, during the, 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 uh, the liturgy, was the uh, readings that were selected, um, and I guess what I should really say is the readings that were appointed, um, because in in the Catholic Church, um, everywhere everywhere you go, basically you have the the same readings read throughout the church, and, and it really shows that that oneness of the Catholic Church, that universality. Because remember, that's 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 one of the marks of the church. There, there are four marks of the church. Uh, the church, is, the Catholic Church, is one holy, Catholic, universal, and apostolic. So, one way that the church shows that it's one is that it prays together, um, and it prays in the same way. And I, I kind of brought that up a couple weeks ago um, when talking about rote prayer. And you can see that in the episodes tab on uh, why do Christians read? Why do Catholic Christians read prayer? Um, and it, it's the same thing with scripture. Um, anywhere you go in the world on any given day, you walk into a Catholic church, you go to Japan, you go to America, you go to Australia, you're going to hear the same readings and the same prayer because the church universal is one. The church is one. We pray together. Um, and it's just a, a, a great fulfillment of what Jesus desired for for the church that, that we be of one mind um, and what's really cool is that uh, were the readings that were selected uh, today if you were to, to go to mass today on this this piece of st. Elijah in any Byzantine Catholic Church that you went to any any Byzantine church church the Byzantine right that you went to and I believe also for the Latin right any Latin right Catholic Church you went to that was uh, commemorating St. Elijah today, uh, you would have heard uh, uh, reading from the letter of St. James. Um, and because that's typically how it goes on a weekday, you'll hear one one reading from the New or Old Testament and then the Gospel. Um, and today we were able to hear from James chapter 5, um, I think it was like verses 7 through 18, I believe. Um, and I just want to read a little bit of that because what, what struck me was how the readings tied into the feast. Uh, of St. Elijah today. So, so from Saint, uh, the letter of St. James, I'm just going to read a little bit from the selection in chapter 5. Um, uh, St. James says, You have heard of the steadfastness, sorry, you have heard of the steadfastness of Job, 
and you've seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. The prayer of a righteous man has great power in its effects. Elijah was a man of like nature with ourselves, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth its fruit. So it's kind of cool that we get to see here um, how we can emulate Elijah, um, you know, who was in turn really emulating God. Um, because that's what the saints are. They're, they're, a, they're a mirror. They, they mirror Christ, and they bring it down on a level that we ordinary human beings can uh, emulate. And it's really cool to see that particular reading being mentioned to us today. Um, on this feast of St. Elijah. And then that brings us to uh, the Gospel, which comes from uh, uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4. Um, it's, it's that episode of the rejection of Jesus at Nazareth. Um, you know, Jesus comes into the synagogue at Nazareth, and he starts preaching, and he pisses a lot of people off because this is where he basically claims to be God. He, he talks about how the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing today. Um, but we pick it up a little bit later. And this is what Jesus has to say in, in the gospel that was from, uh, from today, uh, Luke chapter 4. Uh, it's around uh, verse 24. Uh, and our Lord said, Truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his own country. But in truth I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when there came a great famine over all the land. And Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephatha in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And so our Lord right there, he compares himself to Elijah. Because remember, our Lord Jesus is priest, prophet, and king. That's what we as Christians profess. And it was cool what the priest did in this homily. So in his homily, the, the priest's sermon, um, he connected the entirety of you know Christian revelation. He connected... The greatest of all human prophets, Elijah, to our are the, the greatest prophet, the greatest prophet, Jesus. Because like I said, he's he is professed by Christians to be priest, prophet, and king. And he he made the connection by pointing to an icon, a beautiful icon of the transfiguration that he painted. Because the entire the entire church is filled with icons painted by this pastor, by the by the priest in this church. And he, he pointed to the transfiguration where you know Jesus had uh, walked up to Mount Tabor to pray with uh, the apostles James the Greater, John and Peter. And you know during that moment, of course, during the Transfiguration, um, our, our Lord's full divine goodness was revealed to them. You know the bright light just blinded the apostles. And you know after the light subsided, you know that 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 beautiful light was just radiating all over Christ. Um, you see. Moses and Elijah there appear before the Lord. And there was a specific reason for that, uh, the, the priest was saying today in his homily. Um, that's because Jesus came to fulfill, he is the fulfillment of all the prophets, and he is the fulfillment of the law. With Elijah being the greatest of all prophets, um, he, 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 Jesus shows how he fulfills what Elijah did. He fulfills all the prophets. And in the same way, Moses represents the law. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law by commissioning the New Testament, by, by giving us the New Testament, fulfilling the law. Um, 
And I never thought of it that way. I, I always wondered why it was Elijah and Moses that were that were there. Why those two Old Testament figures? And it, it makes sense now because, like in that reading from Luke, you know, Jesus was using the image of Elijah to refer to himself. You know, no prophet is acceptable in his own country, and Jesus definitely wasn't accepted in Nazareth that day. Um, and Elijah wasn't really accepted either. Um, but then after after that, after uh, the priest made the connection between um, Elijah the prophet and Jesus as prophet, he pointed to another icon of Elijah going up in that fiery chariot. And he reminded us that that's what we have to look forward to. Elijah was taken up in, into heaven, body and soul. Unfortunately, for most humans, we suffer and die. Um, and we're, our bodies and souls are separated. But Elijah's example gives us great hope that if we're justified like he was, then our bodies and souls will be reunited after the second coming in the kingdom of heaven with our Lord. Um, it's something we have to look forward to, and that's why it's such a great thing that we commemorate Elijah today. <clears throat> um, because he he sits before our Lord's throne now. He can intercede for us um, by, by, by petitioning our Lord um, in our prayers by praying for us. He's he is exactly how it's described in the book of Revelation where uh, the prayers of the, of the saints waft up to our Lord like incense. Uh, those are our prayers that the saints are saying because they're already in union with God. Uh, they're the church triumphant. So it, it's, a, it's a great day to ask for the intercession of St. Elijah. Um, and I just want to circle back real quick to to scripture itself, you know, that which shows that oneness of the church. Um, anywhere you go, anywhere you go in the world, we, the, the scripture readings are the same in the Catholic Church. It shows that oneness. And um, Dr. Scott Hahn, he is an, uh, an evangelical Christian convert to the Catholic Christian faith. Um, he showed how Scripture is so important in the Catholic Church. Um, and we Catholics, we hear like a lot of Scripture. We really do. Um, especially Latin Catholics. We have a three-year cycle, year A, B, and C, where we hear different Scripture passages throughout the year, but they're always the same wherever you go. And uh, and it's, it's, it's really nice in, in the Byzantine churches you hear... Um, you hear one one year's reading. It's a cycle, it's always a yearly cycle. Um, and, and what Scott Hahn said along the lines is like, Catholics are immersed in Scripture, and it's great to to know that like you know we're not picking and choosing it. It's not like at the 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 whim of the pastor. We we all are praying Scripture daily at Mass, and we're unified in it. So I just want you guys to keep that in mind um, as well. So thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great Feast of St. Elijah, and we'll talk again soon.